With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News. Insights. Predictions interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and C.J. Berryman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. Uh, you can always find us on Twitter at the Ranger Report. Uh, we are also on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Pretty much anywhere that you can go to to get Rangers content, you can find the Ranger Report. Uh, we have a buy me a coffee. The link is in the description. If you want to uh, support us, that would be fantastic. Also a Patreon if you'd rather give monthly and not have to think about it and let it uh, be a recurring gift. We would also appreciate that. We have the Ranger Report shop, which we want you to shop at. At, um, so go ahead and do that. Don't forget about the Rangers trivia questions that have been asked on the last few Monday podcasts. We're going to skip it this week since we have Chris Halleck on, but the other uh, poll questions are still open. So go back and check all of the podcasts in the month of February and uh, listen to those poll questions and give us your answer so you can be uh, registered to win some stuff off of the Ranger Report uh, store. So we have Chris Halleck from Inside the Rangers coming up to talk everything spring training early on. Uh, we interviewed him on a Saturday. So it's before that game that the Rangers played yesterday. So we have uh, some in-depth insight from him. He's always great and we appreciate having him. So CJ and I will be on with Chris Halleck uh, after this short break. You are listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for, oh, almost a year and I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. 
Uh, so if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Anchor, the best way to podcast. This is Jared Sandler, and you're listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Ranger Report Podcast. We are joined today by Chris Halleck of Inside the Rangers, who is back uh, writing for the Rangers again, which we are very happy about. Chris, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? Doing really good. Uh, We are glad to have you on. Let's start with... uh, well, what's going on? How impressive does Josh Jung have to be to make the opening day roster? Or should I say, how bad do all the other options have to be? Uh, pretty much from everything that we've gathered, uh, it, there's got to be a colossal failure in Rangers camp in order for Josh Young to make the opening day roster. And I don't think that's anything against the way that they feel about about Josh. But, you know, let, let's let this guy. I mean, this guy has yet to play a full season of professional baseball. So, um I mean, they are definitely fast tracking him if he if their intention, which all signs point to it, is to bring him up at some point this season. But, uh, yeah, there's got to be a colossal failure or like 2014 level of injuries in order to happen for Josh Young to make the roster on opening day. Hey, Chris, how is uh, Kohei Arhar looking early in camp? And does he seem to be adjusting to the difference in the, the Major League Baseball opposed, as opposed to the uh, Japanese baseball? Yeah, so far, uh, he's uh, all, all the all the word coming out of camp is that he is uh, he, he's looked really well or, or looked really good. He, he's pitched well. The pitches are, are, are looking good coming out of his hand. He, he's talked about getting used to uh, throwing primarily his splitter and his fastball with the uh, MLB ball, uh, as opposed to uh, the, the ball that he the, obviously they use over in uh, in Japan. So um, it, it's an adjustment. Uh, and he's admitted that, but he doesn't seem too concerned about it. And um, he, I think the last time we, we actually talked to him, he, he talked about having, you know, a, having a growing um, uh, a, a, like a better, a, you know, the feeling of those pitches is, is getting more and more comfortable for him. So uh, those are the two pitches I think to watch out for. I think everything else uh, you're pretty much going to get what, what you would normally get, you know, when it comes to his, his, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got a seven pitch repertoire. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. but you know, yeah, the splitter and and his fastball are, are the two pitches that he's specifically mentioned. Really having to get used to when it comes to the the slipperiness, uh, I guess, of the of MLB ball. Yeah, and I know he's been throwing some uh, live batting practice. We talked to Jeff Wilson earlier this week, and he said that he kind of made Rudin Odor look terrible while he was pitching. But I know you're not out there. But have you seen him pitch in camp? And how does he look? Uh, they they upload um, they upload some uh, you know some B roll of the workouts and so I've had a chance to okay. to watch his delivery uh, to watch him uh, throw pitches and uh, yeah it's not it's obviously not the same as being out there but honestly we're get, getting those videos is actually a, a bit of a closer look than we would get out there right now anyway um, uh, for me just watching just being a baseball fan and, and being a, a guy who studies and watches the game itself he looks like a guy who's going to be able to give the Rangers innings this year. Um, okay. I, I, I don't see any reason unless he just cannot control his pitches, cannot 
if he doesn't have the same, uh, if it's like significantly less movement on his pitches and he's not able to to spot them where where he, you know, obviously we know what major league hitters can do uh, if you can't control the strike zone, you know, or if you can't attack the strike zone in the right spots. And um, but everything that I've seen in terms of his his release, his mechanics, it all looks it all looks very fluid, very clean. Um, you know, pitches out of the stretch, uh, like, you know, like you Darvish, like Shohei Otani, um, kind of similar. He's got a little bit of a, of a delay, uh, whenever he picks the leg up and, you know, just watch, that's just the baseball junkie in me wanting to just watching like, okay, how is his delivery different from, you know, the other, you know, Japanese pitchers we've seen. So, uh, but everything looks good, uh, for, for me. I think this is a guy who can give the Rangers a lot of innings this year. And that's exactly what the Rangers need is guys who can provide them innings because they don't have a lot of guys who can go between 150 and 200 innings this year. Yeah, I know they have a lot of guys that are young and that are on pitch count. So let's move on to the infield. Uh, you read an article earlier this week about Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and his move to shortstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, does he seem really that much more confident? I mean, it seems like in interviews than the guy who won a gold glove at third last year. Uh, he is uh, the, the, the time that we talked to him, he was a very confident guy. I mean, we talked to him several times last year and obviously everything is, uh, you know, relegated to zoom calls this year, just like it was last year so far. So he's very confident. Like he, he just had this confidence about him. And I think just about everybody in the media that was on that zoom call picked up on it. We're like, okay, this guy is talking a little bit different. And the biggest thing that I took away from that, and I really highlighted this in the article was, uh, he, he really feels like he's himself at shortstop. He's not, uh, pretending to, to do anything else. He's, he's not, he's a, you know, especially not trying to be a catcher when he's not a catcher. Um, but even at third base last year, I mean, he, I mean, that, that, that was the main point of my story is that he's saying like, I'm not a third baseman, you know, he's like, but he goes out there and wins a freaking gold glove <laughs> in the major leagues, uh, you know, playing third base. So, you know, and it, it, that kind of, that, that took me, that took me back, you know, quite a bit, you know, whenever I'm just seeing, the the kind of confidence that this guy was speaking with and i I think that i think that's definitely something to to watch uh you know i understand intangibles can only go so far usually you know somebody can have all the confidence in the world but if they don't have the physical ability you know they, they still may be limited but i do believe that when you have that level of confidence, it's definitely something to be like, okay, well, I'm definitely going to pay attention to what you do. And so, you know, I, I know just from what we've seen at Kiner Falefa at shortstop in the little bit of time that he's done it in the major leagues, I, I think he can definitely play um, an elite level of shortstop for sure. So I think it's something to watch, especially with the way he was talking about himself, because I thought that was quite impressive. And Chris, moving forward, obviously there's a lot more questions than there are answers. But uh, as we move forward, is there a place, is there going to be a place uh, on this team for Anderson to hate in the future? Uh, in the future, I believe so. Uh, I, where that is, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I, I, I don't see him making the opening day roster. I think they really want to get him some more uh, minor league at bats. You know, he, he showed a lot of good. He showed more than I think anybody else was expecting with his time in the major leagues last year, but he did swing and miss at a lot of pitches. Uh, I mean, he, he was, he's pretty much giving pitchers no reason to ever throw the ball in the strike zone whatsoever. And, and that's something that he has to clean up if he wants to stay in the major leagues at a, on a regular basis. 
because if he's able to do that and he's able to make pitchers come into the strike zone, he's going to do a lot of damage because he showed what he could do when he does get pitches in the strike zone. Uh, he has the power to hit the ball into the gaps. He has the ball to hit the uh, hit, you know, to hit it over the fence. He has the power to hit the ball over the fence. When, when you look at the future, obviously you're looking, OK, Kiner Falev is a shortstop. Josh Young is the third baseman of the future, probably will be the everyday third baseman before 2021 is over. Uh, Nick Solak, you know, if he shows he can fill a position, will be at second base. So, you know, where does that where does that put him? Well, you know, Tejeda may not be in the picture when it comes to 2021, like other than maybe a bench roll, like toward the end of the season. But, you know, what happens, you know, near the end uh, of the season or what happens when, you know, club control runs out on Kiner Falefa? You know, are the Rangers comfortable with Tejeda taking over at shortstop? Because he has the arm to do it. He has the defensive ability to do it. Can he become a proven hitter at the major league level? I think that's an area to watch. Uh, I think the biggest thing that you can look at, though, is that that's a great problem to have if you have too many good players. Uh, If Josh Young is everything that the Rangers hope hope that he will be, uh, then you don't have to worry about third base. If Nick Solak is everything that you hope him to be at second base, you don't have to worry about second base. Um, you know, if you have too many good players, I think that's a good problem for the Rangers to have something that they haven't had in a long time. All right. Well, we're recording this on a Saturday tomorrow. The Rangers have their first game and this podcast will air on Monday. So people will know right away if you were right or wrong. But uh, what do the Rangers hope to see from Wes Benjamin on Sunday? I think they just want to see him you know, do what he did last year uh, for the most part. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, for, you know, he doesn't have the stuff that's going to blow you away. But if he same same thing with a lot of those guys that don't have that overpowering stuff, if you can control uh, your pitches, if you can you know hit the corners and and, and you know sequence your pitches is your pitches right, you can pitch multiple innings. Uh, and he won't be pitching multiple innings on Sunday. He's only going to throw one inning. So you know obviously we'll see how that inning goes. Uh, but I, I mean, I think if West Benjamin can provide. I mean, obviously you need to see some improvement because the, the numbers weren't uh, weren't great for him last year. Yeah. But, you know, seeing his ability to come in and give four or five innings or like I think he gave four innings on like three or four different occasions last year. Uh, that's huge to, to come in and throw four innings whenever your starter gets gets knocked out of the game. You can come in and provide four innings like unquestionably provide that. That's a huge asset to have in your bullpen. Um, so. I mean, I think they just want to see a bit of the same with some continued improvement. Uh, if they can if they can get that from West Benjamin, he's absolutely a candidate to be on the opening day roster and be a guy who can provide uh, multiple innings, especially as a left handed pitcher, because the Rangers have more right handed options when it comes to starters slash, you know, long relievers. Um uh, obviously, they have a you know a number of younger guys like left-handers like Taylor Hearn and Colby Allard and and Joe Palumbo who can provide that as well. But if West Benjamin can do a bit of the same that he did last year, then I, I absolutely see him as a candidate. So I think they're just going to be looking for that. And speaking of the bullpen, do you think Ian Kennedy makes the team, and is he a legitimate threat to Jose Leclerc as a closer? Um, I, I I do think he's a legitimate candidate for the for the bullpen, uh, and they are primarily looking at him to. Uh, to win a role in the back end of the bullpen. So whether that be as a setup guy, whether that be uh, as the closer, uh, I think those are all options that you have to watch for this spring. If he can 
regain the form that he had in 2019 where he recorded 30 saves for the Royals. That's absolutely a guy who can close out games for you. And obviously the Rangers want their younger guys to be able to to be like, okay, no, we don't need the Ian Kennedy in camp. You know, if Jose LeClerc shows himself to be the 2018 version of himself, then the Rangers have their obvious closer because Jose LeClerc was pretty much unhittable in 2018. Um, but he's gone through a lot since then. 2019 was not nearly as successful as 2018 was. And he was very limited because of the shoulder injury he had last year. So yeah, Ian Kennedy comes in as a guy. I, I, I think is a more legitimate candidate to to push uh, some of the younger guys than like looking at like bringing Delano DeShields into camp to push Leody Tavares. I think that's the Rangers are ultimately trying to create as much competition as possible in camp. And if, if that means pushing their younger guys to the point where, okay, well, none of their younger guys ever prove anything and they can't take over that role. Okay, well, at least I have a veteran guy who can come in and try to get the job done just so that they are, they're not having to burn through so many arms because nobody can get the job done. And unfortunately, the Rangers obviously hope that doesn't happen. They want their younger guys to be able to come in and get the job done because their future depends on it. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Ian Kennedy absolutely has uh, a, a chance to make the roster. Uh, and they are going to look at him in the back end of the bullpen. So definitely something to watch for this spring. All right, well, let's move on to a subject that makes all Rangers fans cringe. Uh, do you think there's a chance that Rugnodor can start at second or third come at the beginning of April? Uh, it's funny because I'm actually working right now on my second base preview, uh, for, uh, which will be out. Uh, if you're listening to this, you may have already read it. And if you haven't, it's going to be on inside the rangers.com, uh, because it is, uh, coming out on, on Saturday. Uh, I'm putting the finishing touches on it right now, but, uh, listen, rig down the door is, is a very polarizing topic among Rangers fans. Um, and, he is absolutely okay. So this is something that Rangers fans that are probably going to rejoice over. And he is not guaranteed not only a, a starting spot, but he is not guaranteed a spot on this roster. And to, to expand on that, that is mainly because if he can't win the job at second base, he has to be able to play third base in order to stay on the roster. I mean, he has to. Chris Woodward has pretty much said uh, has said exactly that. Like if if Rugnit Odor can only play second base and he's not our starting second baseman, it's hard for him to make this roster because they need versatility in the guys who are not in everyday roles. They need guys unless they are just absolutely mashing the ball, which we've seen Odor come in the spring, you know, in in spring and and terrorize pitching and have a and be look like Babe Ruth or Hank Aaron or any other great hitter in history in spring training. And then the regular season starts and then he cools off. And then, you know, we're like, okay, this is the same, same old story. Um, he is working at third base when he was asked about playing third base and how he feels over there. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. That's Woody's. Uh, I'm going to let Woody handle that. I'm just any, whatever Woody decides, I'm going to, I'm going to help the team because I know I can do it, you know? And, and he's, he's showing a lot of confidence, which is good. The biggest thing with Rigonador, I think more than anything is where is he mentally? That's yeah. the thing that I'm from, mm -hmm. from talking with Chris Woodward and talking to Rugi uh, on Friday. 
the biggest thing that I'm I'm taking away is where is he mentally? Is he able to shut out the negativity? Because you know, among Rangers fans, there's a lot of negativity when it comes to Ruggie and. I get that. I understand that. He signed a six-year contract. He has not lived up to the contract whatsoever. 2018 was a pretty decent year. He was a Gold Glove finalist. Uh, His numbers kind of got a little bit closer to where they were in 2016. Um, But he still uh, overall has not lived up to the contract. And now he's um, the most expensive he's going to be in terms of that six-year contract. So I get the negativity. I get it. The biggest thing with him is, can he shut out that negativity? Can he focus and and make sure that his at-bat qualities are, um, that he has a good at-bat quality every single time he goes up? Is he laying off the breaking balls in the dirt? Is he laying off the fastballs at the top of the zone? Um, Is he uh, able, when he's making contact, is he barreling up the baseball or is it weak contact? Because whenever we see a bad Rugnan Odor, he's chasing pitches. Uh, whenever he's making contact, he's not barreling the baseball up. But we've all seen what he can do whenever he's on. It just, unfortunately, that usually comes in September, which is right at the end of the season. It doesn't really matter. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing that the Rangers are going to be looking for this year. That's what they're looking for this spring. They're not necessarily looking for numbers. They're looking at, okay, how are his, how are his at-bats? So yes, there is a chance. Uh, I think I think in my first opening day roster projection, I I have him kind of in a platoon situation with Charlie Culberson. Um, but with the way this roster is going to look, that could absolutely change, and I could change my mind tomorrow, uh, just you know based on how how many unknowns there are with this roster. So, um, not to ramble too much on the Ruggie thing, but I understand it's a it's a topic, and I want to provide as much information as I can on where. The Rangers are with Rugi where he is. And I think the biggest thing with him is that he obviously wants a spot on the roster, but he is just absolutely focused on getting back to who he thinks he can be. And honestly, if you're a Rangers fan, I would absolutely encourage you to want him to succeed. Yeah, because if, if he mm-hmm. succeeds, the Rangers get the player that they originally tried to, you know, they originally signed him to be four years ago. If he succeeds now, we have yet to see any evidence that he can, but maybe he can. I don't know. I don't know. But I would encourage you to cheer for him rather than jeer him. (laughs) Yeah, Rangers fans are certainly going to appreciate that in-depth answer. Uh, And with uh, Elvis Andrews gone to Oakland in that trade, it kind of signals the guard. The old guard is is all gone. So who's going to be this team, the team leader for this team moving forward? Um. I, I from from what I'm hearing, it looks like Kyle Gibson is going to be a, a pretty big leader on this team. Uh, I think Jose Trevino uh, is going to be a really good, a really significant voice on this team. I think uh, even guys like newcomers like Chris Davis uh, could be like guys have really talked about, you know, the, the, the type of guy that he is in the clubhouse and the type of um the type of personality he he is. And I think that's a, that's a really good thing, you know, to come in, especially, you know, obviously the Rangers know him pretty well with him playing in Oakland for so long. Um, and I look at, you know, I think we talked with uh, Brock Holt uh, even yesterday and Brock Holt, uh, obviously he's here as a, you know, NRI and um, you know, he's, he's got to make the roster, but he brings a lot of you know, kind of leadership and experience, you know, obviously being on the, the, 
the Red Sox team that won the World Series in 2018. So um, I think you're going to be looking at guys like that. But overall, when it comes to leadership, I really think that this is this is going to be more of a collective group like really all leaning on each other more than okay here's elvis here's chu and those are like the leaders in the clubhouse and like everybody else just kind of follows like even like joey gallo is kind of taking on a little bit of of a leadership role but it's more like leadership by example more than oh i'm an outspoken leader i'm going to you know i i think that you're just going to have a lot of younger guys really just buying into each other I think that's like if you're looking for reasons to watch the Rangers this year, I think that's one of the biggest reasons is how does this younger team really come together and, and, and learn to play together as a team? And I think they're all buying into that. And I think that's the exciting part of the Rangers, because we obviously know the prospects of the season don't look great uh, They're You know, the you look at the win projections for. You know, whether it be on, on DraftKings or Caesar Sportsbook or Fangraphs or wherever else you're looking at win win totals. Um, you know, I even came out with a with a story on like, okay, why should why should you take the over? Why should you take the under? And taking the over, that this is a young team that's gonna buy into each other. Uh, they are abs- they're hungry, they they want to win. And having that that innate desire and having and having that willingness to want to collectively lean on each other. I think that's a really mature quality for a young team to have. And I think that's a really good thing. Now, obviously that's, those are intangibles. Sports betting books don't like intangibles. They like, they like stuff that they can quantify and put their finger on and be like, okay, this is exactly that. And that's why they set their lines. So, um, but I think when it comes to leadership, you're going to be really looking at a younger team. That's really going to lean on each other. And to follow up on that, the very first name you mentioned, Kyle Gibson's kind of been more or less the book has been quiet on him coming into camp or coming into spring training. So kind of what are your thoughts on him as we get we uh, move forward here? I think you're going to see a a better version of Kyle Gibson that you saw in 2020. Uh, First off, he really had to fix some mechanical issues, especially out of the stretch last season. And whenever he did, his numbers improved. Now, his numbers in September versus August last year, like his numbers in August were terrible. I think he had like an ERA north of seven in August. Uh, But September, I think he had an ERA closer to four. which obviously, you know, you're looking at like a 424 30 That's not anything, you know, you know, it's not like, oh, my God, he's a Cy Young candidate. But uh, you get Kyle Gibson to give you some, qual- you know, more quality starts than not. Um, you know, I mean, you look at it. I mean, if you pitch six innings and give up three runs, it's a quality start. And that's a 450 ERA. So, you know, if you can get a guy who can, who can give you a four, you know, a 410 to 430 ERA, give you more quality starts than not, um, provide some leadership. I think that I think you got a good, solid guy at the top of the rotation. Again, it's not going to be anything that blows you away. He's got a really good slider. He's got a good mix of pitches um, with him fixing the mechanical issues, feeling a little bit more physically strong. He's not coming off of a season where he really struggled with his UC. Um, I, I think you're going to see a better version of Kyle Gibson in 2021. Uh, do I think he's going to be the next Mike Miner or Lance Lynn uh, who comes in and ends up becoming a Cy Young candidate? I, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, but do I think you're going to see a better version than you saw in 2020? Absolutely. 
I would agree with that. Okay, let's move on to Joey Gallo. A lot of people are talking about uh, if they're going to extend him or if the Rangers are going to trade him or, you know, if he's going to be here after August, all different kind of stuff. In your opinion, do you think the Rangers are going to try to give Joey Gallo a contract extension before this season starts? Uh, usually once, once spring games start that, that, that that's not usually a, a great time to extend guys. Cause now their focus is really on getting ready for the season. I think if there were any time to, to have those contract extension talks, it was going to be earlier in the winter, especially before they, they settled for what the contract was going to be this season. Now it's not out of the realm of possibility, uh, but I would I would be surprised if there was a contract extension made before the season starts looking at, OK, you know, we're recording this on Saturday. So spring games start tomorrow. You know, once spring games start, like the focus now is getting ready for the season. Do I think Joey Gallo is on the team by the end of the season? I honestly think that a lot. A lot of that has to do with how are the Rangers performing, not necessarily in terms of win loss, but. How many options do the Rangers have that are okay? Like how many players is Leo Tavares taking that next step and becoming a legitimate major leaguer? Uh, Like, is he taking a step forward offensively? Is David Dahl getting back to who like the all-star caliber player that he was with the Rockies? Um, Is Isaiah Conner-Falefa improving? Do the rain, are the Rangers building a legitimate contending core? Because if they are, they would like to have Joey Gallo be a part of that. Yeah. Um, whenever we talked with John Daniels at the end of the season last year, I specifically asked him, do the Rangers want to try to have Joey Gallo be a part of this team past the control you have over him? And they are absolutely open to that. And nothing suggests that they're still, uh, you know, that the, all of a sudden they've changed their mind on that. However, if the Rangers really look like, okay, Leota Tavares isn't really taking a step forward. Kind of Falefa, they aren't really that that core really isn't establishing itself, uh, and it looks like this is going to be a little bit of a slower rebuild. Then it might be time to move on from Joey Gallo. Hope that he plays really well. That way, you can get as much trade value as possible, and then come July 31st, he's probably traded traded elsewhere. So I think a lot of it has to do with how is the rest of the core developing, because if this is turning into another 2008-2009 team where the core is all of a sudden like, okay, at that time you had Ian Kinsler and Elvis Andrews and Josh Hamilton and Nelson Cruz and you have like this core and that's really, really coming together and they're playing really, really well and that goes along with the, the veterans on the team like the Michael Youngs and, and everybody else on the team and all of a sudden you're building this championship team that contended two years later. If that's going to start happening, then I think they'd like to have Joey Gallo as part of that team. And then they can go out in the free agency and pursue the Trevor stories and whoever else. However, if the rest of the core is not quite performing at that level and it looks it looks like it's going to be slower and it's going to be beyond 2022, whenever they can have a contending core, then I don't think Joey Gallo is a part of that. So I think this year will be a really big tell of whether Joey Gallo will be a part of the future or not. All right, Chris, hardest question last. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> All right. Who in your mind, and give us the best guess, will be the standout player of 2021? Part of me wants to go with with a guy like Joey. Uh, I think 2020 was a, was a 
was a really bad hand. Like I think he was dealt a bad hand last year. He came in the spring ready to prove that 2019 wasn't a fluke. He was coming off the, the you know the 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 oblique injury in June, and then came back, only played for a little bit more. And then he had a hammock bone injury, which derailed the you know ended his season in late July. He came in, he was ready to to, to prove a lot. The the pandemic hit, and he was forced to to wait like everybody else in baseball. That's not easy to do. Then once the season started, uh, or once like spring training 2.0 got underway, he tests positive for COVID. He can't, he, he got off to a, to a, he was never really able to, to get off to the, to the start that he wanted to, because of a lot of external circumstances mixed with like all of the health and safety protocols, which there are going to be a lot of the same health and safety protocols this year, but they're not quite as tight as they were last year because they weren't trying to have a two month season and I'm like, just, okay, let's just get a season in, get our world series. And, you know, just, it was like, okay, baseball is just trying to get the best, the, the, like the most amount of baseball in the shortest amount of time possible. Now they're going in, you know, we have a vaccine that's being rolled out. You know, it's a completely different situation this year. It, unless there is an absolute like horrible spread of COVID throughout the baseball world. Um, there's going to be a full 162 game season. He's able to come in and prepare for a regular season. If he has a bad couple of weeks, no big deal. You know, you have a bad couple of weeks and 162 game season. That's not a big deal. You have a bad couple of weeks in a 60 game season. You know, that could be, you know, 10% of your season, 15% of your season that all of a sudden, okay, now I've, I've got a, you have a completely different mentality when it's a slow grind like a look at baseball season normally is. So I would absolutely look for Joey Gallo to be closer to the guy that he was in 2019. And if we forget if Joey Gallo would have played like 140 games that year, he would have been probably an MVP candidate. He was that good in 2019. So he can absolutely be that guy. If I'm looking for a younger guy, I, I really am looking at Leody Tavares. Uh, the guy can already play an elite center field. Can he take the, the next step forward with the bat? He has really good patience at the plate. He controls the strike zone really well. He has really good bat-to-ball skills. The question is, on the pitches that he's aggressive with, can he barrel them up more often than not? Because he did swing and miss a little more than expected last year. He struck out more than expected last year. So if he can take that next step and start to barrel the ball a little bit more whenever it is in the strike zone, then, okay, you're looking at a potential... I don't want to say superstar, but at least all-star caliber player uh, because of what he can already do defensively. And if you add in the ability to be a, you know, 800 to 850 OPS, I mean, I think, I think Rangers fans would absolutely take that like a, a borderline gold glove caliber center fielder with a guy who can do some damage at the plate, you know, not Joey Gallo damage, but you know, maybe hit 15 to 20 home runs, with an 800 to 850 OPS, I think that's absolutely a guy that you could have be a part of a contending core. Is he an MVP candidate? Probably not, but borderline all-star? Absolutely. So I think those are the two guys to really watch for this year. It would be like Joey Gallo. Can he get back to the 2019 version of himself? And Leo Tavares. Um, I don't think we'll see enough of Josh Young to see him, you know, unless he just comes up, you know, whether it be in June or July, whenever he comes up and just absolutely takes the, the, the league by storm. But I said those would be the two guys. So, 
All right. Well, you can find Chris at Chris Halleck on Twitter. Uh, you can find him at Inside the Rangers. And I heard through a rumor, I listened to you on the Rangers Nation podcast the other day that you're bringing back your uh, North Texas Nine podcast. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it. It probably will debut with uh, the three part series that uh, myself, John Moore, and Alex Plank are doing. Yep. Um, so th- that probably will be the debut or the return of the podcast. And then, you know, during the season, we're going to try to do a, probably at least at least once a week. Uh, there's obviously a lot of game coverage and everything else that I have to do along with it. So uh, definitely not like a full time podcast, like, you know, like where we're coming out with something like five, you know, four or five days a week or anything like that. But definitely something to to wrap up the week or to you know possibly have player interviews and just do different things. I'm excited about what we're going to be able to do this year. Obviously, it's still not a full season you know, like a full, like, you know, media in the clubhouse, everything like that, where, yeah. you know, we have the access that we normally have that you're probably looking at 2022 before that happens. Um, but, you know, if vaccinations get rolled out, you know, relatively quickly, maybe by the end of the season, we're back to that. I don't know. I'm, I'm an optimist. So I like to think more on the positive side. Um, but, you know, I'm not going in with expectations that we'll be in the clubhouse before the season's over. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited what we're going to be doing with that. So, um, looking forward to a full season of baseball instead of 60 games. No kidding. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's great. Uh, great to be back covering the Rangers. Great to be talking baseball again. It's, 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 uh, it, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, a 2021 season and also seeing fans at the ballpark. That's I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most. I agree with that. Well, I know, you know, everyone out there, I know this is your favorite podcast in the world, but go ahead and give uh, <laughs> go ahead and give Rangers Nation podcast a listen. And also Chris's when they start it back up as well. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Chris. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, sir. You thanks, bet, Chris. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook and at the Ranger Report dot com.